Um, okay, this, there's something different, right? There's something different with the church. <laughs> it's the stage. So I'm kind of feeling pressured right now. I haven't seen you guys from up here before. <laughs> I didn't know it will make that much difference. So I, I've been praying and I've been thinking. So I've been prinking on what uh, <laughs> I've been prinking on what the message should be or what uh, series or what book we should be studying. And uh, little did I know that God has already revealed it to me last week. So our, what we're going to do in the next three to four weeks is our, uh, our series will be the pursuit of happiness. But we're going to be discussing everything that our lives here, the world tells us to pursue. And, and we're going to try to see how that contradicts to God's word. Amen. And if you have your Bible apps and your Bibles, please turn them to Romans 12, 1, 2. The title of our message tonight is The Pursuit of Love. Romans 12, 1 to 2. If you have it, it reads, Therefore, I urge you, I won't have it in the screen. I'm going to try to um, make you uh, read your Bible or your Bible app. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That is what we're trying to do. Every time you go to a Bible study, every time you do your own Bible study, every time you listen to a message, what, we, what you are trying to do, what I am trying to do, is that we get to renew our minds in regards to what the world has taught us and what, what, how we should live our lives and how we should spend our lives in, regards to, in contrast to what God has told us. That is what we're trying to do constantly in this church. We're trying to give you the, the truth of God, the doctrines of, of God in the Bible, from the Bible, nothing more and nothing less. We give our commentaries, or our interpretations of them, and our life application. But at the end of the day, the result that we're trying to go for is the renewal of your mind. For you to unlearn everything that the world has taught us from years and years that your your the, the your either your parents good intention good intending people that has taught us differently, and then we, we try to we, we try to compare it to what God has taught us. So right now the, the title of our message again is the pursuit of love. Everybody, everybody is craving or is seeking for somebody to love them, or for them to love someone. Correct? That's everybody. We are all cursed with that. Some people will deny it. They'll deny it for five years, and all of a sudden, you'll find out that they're engaged, and they're about to get married. <laughs> but they'll deny it as long as they find, until they find that next person, or that one person that truly makes their heart beat. You know, Anna, Anna asked me before when we were dating, when she was my, you know, when she was my ex-girlfriend. Um, <laughs> when we were dating, she asked me, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather have someone who loves you, or someone you really love? Is that, is that, shouldn't that be a question? I, I thought it was a trick question, really. So I answered it the right way, as I thought she wanted to hear, 
which is the one I love. <laughs> Where at the end of the day, you, you, if you've been in a relationship and, and, and you've been loving your partner for quite some time or your spouse, right? And you're not getting it in return. Don't you question? Don't you start questioning yourself like, should I stop loving this person? Should I stop giving more than what I've been giving? Was it right for me to love this person? Because if you're not getting it in return, those questions will come into play if you're a normal person. <laughs> some people, uh, admittedly, some of, you are, some of us are not normal, right? <laughs> me in particular. <laughs> Sometimes when we're too in love, right? That's what they say, love is blind, right? And marriage is a good eye-opener. <laughs> Don't say amen if you're sitting right next to your spouse. <laughs> but we need to learn. We need to, we need to renew our minds. So tonight, my, what I want us to see is what the Bible tells us on what love is. This is one of my favorite subjects, God's love and the love for one another. This is my favorite subject. But as I was preparing it, I didn't know that God was going to make it the way it turned out to be tonight. So I hope, I hope it will make sense with you because this is kind of new to me. I thought I was just going to go on with my, my messages three years ago and just replay and rehash it a little bit. But I'm hoping that there's something new that you can pick up here. Because the other thing is, they say if you already know everything, right, then you can't learn anymore. <laughs> That's for everybody. That's a warning, I guess. The first, if, if you're going to again turn to 1 John 4, 7 to 11. It says here, God is love. Alright, so if, you're, if you have your Bible apps, it's easier. Just type it in. But if you have your Bible, it's going to your right. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's before 2 John. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So if you are someone here right now, if you are pursuing love, if you are seeking love, you know who you're actually looking for? You're looking for God. You're looking for God because God is love. If you are lacking love in your life and you thought you surrounded yourselves with loving people, you've gone into marriages, right? Two or three or four or five and you just can't get it, right? And you just see, you're telling yourself, you know, I can't just get the love that I'm looking for. Maybe because you're missing the whole point because here it says God is love. Verse 9, in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. Him who? Jesus, right? In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to, the, to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one, this is verse 12, no one who has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. 
Amen. That's the whole message tonight. If you will not hear me the next few minutes, this is the whole message. 1 John 4, 7 to 11. If you are looking for love, you are looking for God. If you don't have love in your life, you don't have God in your life. If you don't have love for other people, it's because you don't have love for God. Our love relationship here, down here, Pastor Jules was good to remind me this. If your love relationship here is ruined, is because there's a love relationship problem up here. Folks, that's why we're seeing how many what? How many shootings that we, we saw this week, this week, this weekend. Heartbreaking moments. Right? People losing their parents, loved ones, spouse, daughter, son. Out of what? Out of hate. Out of someone's hate, someone's misinterpretation of what is a better race or politi political view. Can't even say it. <laughs> but there's there's so much hate in the world, and there's and this love, this word love, has been one of the most abused and misused and misinterpreted word. Right? We say, "Oh, I love my children." Maybe, maybe if they're if they're from the Philippines, when they say, I love my children, I'll do anything for them. If they were coming from a life of, of hardship in the in, in their childhood, what they're really saying is, I will not let my children go through the same hardship that I went through. And I will do everything in my power to make sure of that. That's probably what they meant, but I love my children. And some people will say, I love my spouse, maybe in a very adorational point of view like to a point it's like it's like a saint you know i love my spouse my husband or my wife it's like it's like a little god point right i worship him i adore him some of you are looking at me like huh? <laughs> i can't relate <laughs> some of us we we go through those words we go you we use that word love without really knowing the the, the meaning of it the depth of it because there's so much there's so much involved right there's so much involved in that word love and again for this for tonight's topic we, our first point will be God's love for us because God is love we have to understand that God is love right that's the main point of it without God there's really no love the, your love is wrong you're obsessing on a person. You're lusting over a person. You're lusting over a material. Oh, I love my car. So that's that's different, correct? But look at look at we need to learn what love is from God because God is love. And we see in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You, you want to learn how to love your spouse? You want to learn how to love the right way? Oh, God wants it. It's an unselfish way. God gave, even though we didn't deserve it. God gave away. God gave Jesus. God, Jesus gave his life, even if we didn't deserve it. But the love that the world has told us is, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Right? If you're not going to make me happy, I'm going to go to the next person that can make me happy. The one that will make me feel loved. Right? And then we see in 1 John 3, 1, 
See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. If you are a believer, if you belong to Christ, if you are a little Christ, if you are a Christian, this should be, mean the world to you. That you can call yourself as a child of God. And that alone should be enough for us. But the world tells us, right? That's why Romans 12, 1-2, right? Do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world tells us that we, are, we don't have enough. Our relationships are not enough. Our marriage is not good enough. Our children are not good enough. The material things that you have is not enough. That's what the world tells us. You are not happy yet. You are not loved. You don't, you're, he's not loving you the way you should be loved. That's what the world, the enemy tells us. There's no satisfaction. There's no contentment. But then we have to step back, children of... If you are a child of God, you need to step back and say, I'm a child of God. And that alone should be enough. I get it. You know, when, when problems are in front of us, when problems are in front of us, the bills is right in front of you, right? <laughs> a mortgage is three months behind. Car payments is two months behind, right? Problems left and right. Problems with our children. Problems with our spouse. I get it. Sometimes that truth, sometimes it's not enough. It's not enough, Right? Well, yeah, I know I'll go to heaven when I die, but I'm still living, Joe. I'm still here, and I got bills to pay. But we have to, you know, if, if we will be honest, you have to sit down and look at your, let's say it's financial problems. You have to see, why did I get to this point? And mainly, because statistics will back me in this, because of our spending. We didn't know when to stop. We have, instead of transforming, our, our, renewing our minds and not conforming to the world, we, the believers of God, have conformed to the world and we bought into the lie of the enemy. So now what? We're in debt. But then, no, we're good to question God. Lord, why are you not helping me? <laughs> Lord, you know, we're, we're having problems with our spouse and we married an unbeliever. What the, the Bible told us, do not yoke with unbelievers. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh my gosh, here I am. Pastor, I don't know what to do. Or are you willing to listen now? Right? Are you willing to listen now? Sometimes, most of the time, we put ourselves in trouble. And then we take the things for granted. The things that are more important. This is the most important thing for God. God did not save us so that we will have a good life. Do we agree? Okay, a couple guys there. Thank you, Deacon Nori. I got one. <laughs> the lie is this. The lie that we bought in is this. You accept Christ, you are saved for eternity, and you will have a great life. That's the American Christianity. American Christianity. Material blessings will follow so long as you accept Christ as your Savior. Plus, there's an icing on the cake. You will go to heaven. Isn't that the truth? That's the truth of the lie of the enemy that the world has bought into. Sadly, some believers have bought into that too. We've bought into that too. 
And we've forgotten the most important things that God has done for us. He gave us Jesus so that we will have eternal life. Amen? Somebody say amen to that. If that really matters to you, that should be it. That we can be called children of God. That if we die today, if we die today, we go to heaven. And at this point, from this point on, God sees Christ, us in Christ. And if we're all going to be honest, we're not walking this life perfectly. We're not on the way to church. You probably kicked your dog, right? <laughs> dogs, if you have many dogs. We're not the nice people, if we're all going to be honest. But praise God, because God provided the way. And look at this love from God. Look at God's love here. God, God demonstrates, Romans 5.8, His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's so illogical. Because us human beings, we will do a good thing for someone that did us good. Or someone that we need something from, right? Oh, alagaan man. That's the mayor. Take care of him. That's the mayor. He's in position. Make sure you take care of him. Right? Help him out because you'll never know. You might need his help in the future. All right? we, we do good things expecting things in return. We do good things to the people we like and we love especially. But we never do anything nice for our enemies. But that's what God did for us. That's his kind of love. God is love. God loved us. He died for us while we were his enemies. While we were sinners, he provided a way. Folks, believers, are you going through something heavy in your life? Are you going through, are, do you have prayers that have, haven't been answered? Or do you have prayers that were never answered? You know, sadly, we, right, we leave, when we ask, when we ask God for help, we have to surrender to his lordship. That whatever his will is, let his will be done. And we let go. Sadly, some of the times, it's not the way we want it. It's the opposite. But we have to still thank him for his love. Because despite that, we belong to him. That despite our many errors, despite our flaws, God died for us. And He loved us. He loves you. I know when you've heard it many times, you take it for granted, correct? You hear your spouse tell you, I love you, Charles, from Tito Nancy for, what, 60 years now? 40 years, right? I love you, Charles. I love you, Rich, from Jeannie. You hear it too often, you take it for granted because you're like, I know, tell me something new, right? <laughs> of course. What's not to love? What's not to love? Right? You're welcome. Right? We think we deserve it, and we heard it too often, and we take it for granted. It's the same thing with God's love. We've heard it so many times, to a point it puts us to sleep. <laughs> We're listening to it now. Uh, this is boring. I've heard it many times already. God's love. Right? But it's, it's the truth. It should be the most important thing to every believer. Because if it wasn't for his love, we will still be <laughs> worried. We should still be worried about the consequences of our sin. 
But now we belong to him. Oh, big deal now, Joe. I want the mansion now. I want that promotion now, Joe. I could care less about that. I'll cash it in when I die. I want something now. Now, something. Lord, I'm going to buy this lottery, <laughs> lottery ticket. And if you let me hit it, I'll buy the church, not just a stage. I buy, I'll buy the building, Lord. <laughs> in Jesus' name I pray. That's what matters now, right? Material things, material gain, right? It's the, we're pursuing something else. But we have neglected and we've taken for granted God's love for us. Folks, if, if you're going to doze, doze off after this, do not forget the importance of God's love. Because it is the number one thing that we should always cherish. He loved us while we were His enemies. We can be called His children. We are called His children because of what He has done. And He gave without expecting anything in return. He gave. Our second point. I know we've tackled 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and in Galatians for a lengthy time. The danger in talking about the books, for me, I feel like, is when we start talk, talking about the things to do. The Christian things to do. The do, do, do this, don't do that. It seems like we're giving a list out there. That what you should do, what you should not do, how you should live, what you should not live. It, it's the, there's danger there if you don't really know the whole concept. right? If you miss a couple Sundays or the Sunday before, you, you sit here and you're like, man, what is this? legalistic Christian. No, everything that we do for God comes from our love for God. And our love for God because He loved us first. Alright? The cause and effect. The principle, principle of cause and effect, right? That something, something happened and then in return something will happen because of that cause, right? So it, for us believers, God's love for us if affects us in a way that we want to love Him in return. And loving Him in return is us obeying His commandments. This is Jesus speaking in John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. Yes, we are saved by grace, not by works. But we are saved by grace to do good works. And if we say we love God because He first loved us, we need to be obeying His commandments because that's a proof. Verse 21 in the same book, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. That's the proof. That's the proof of the one that loves God. That's the one who experienced love, the love of God. If you are not obedient to God's commands, you have a love relationship problem. If, you are have, if you're struggling in obeying God's commands, like loving Him and loving others, the two most important commands, the greatest commands, you are having a love relationship problem with Him. Verse 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. 
Do you love God? If you are a believer, your answer is yes, I love God. So the next question is, are you obeying His commandments? More importantly, right? love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, Paul got it, right? We, we studied Galatians. Paul got it. That's why Paul did everything for the Lord. Paul, Paul lived his life for the Lord. Galatians 2.20, For I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. And listen, who loved me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. God's motivation was his love for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave. Paul's motivation to obey God is because God loved him. Jesus gave his life for him. That's Paul's motivation. He understood it and he accepted it and he cherished it. Why is it that we have become a church, not us here necessarily, but, but as a believer, if you have fallen more in love with the world, and everything that the world has given you. If you're pursuing love in the wrong places. That's a song, right? Pursuing love in all the wrong places. With the wrong people. Where, where is it? Where is the misstep that you have taken? That you have neglected your first love. Which is Jesus. Because he gave his, his life for you. Shouldn't you in return, shouldn't we be compelled to give our life for Him in return? There's this movie, the, the um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It was, this was back when it was Kevin Costner, right? He was pray, playing Robin Hood. And he saved um, the other guy, Morgan Freeman, who was a, a slave. No, not a slave, but he, he almost got killed and Robin Hood rescued him. So the... Morgan Freeman's character said, I am forever yours until I save you in return. My life is yours. Robin Hood said, no, you don't have to do that. He goes, no, I want to. I am compelled to do this. I think, I think, I have a sneaky suspicion that if we are now living our lives for ourselves, we have taken the love of God for granted. We have taken it as a secondary, I'll cash it in when I die type of ticket. Because we're not living our lives for Him. Lord, give me the strength to work. Help me. Help me. Equip me. Strengthen me to work two jobs. In Jesus' name I pray. And then we thank Him. Lord, oh man, I'm so strong. I get to work two jobs, three jobs. But it is time for church. I'm tired, Lord. I know you understand. I mean, I got two jobs. I'm tired. How can I go to work? Right? Oh, God understands. God knows. He truly does know, folks. The question is, do you know? The question is, do you know who God is? That you play around with Him like that. 
That we think we think we can say the right things in our prayer and it the right way. E even living the right way, showing people, you know, showing and pretending. I I'm trying to be careful in trying to pinpoint the, the, the fruits because the fruits, if the root is wrong, it's like the Pharisees, right? They were in eyesight, by plain sight, they were doing all the right things. They were the most holiest of the holiest. But yet Jesus told them, Oh, you broad of vipers. Right? So if our purpose, our root, the reason why we do what we do for God, if it's not because of our love for Him, then it is wrong. And we need to be careful in living our lives for Him. And the only way we can truly prove to ourselves, not even to me or to people, the only way you can prove to yourself that you love God is if you are obeying His commandments. That test, that acid test is for you, not for me, not for the church. Don't do the right things here and you're, you're not really connected with God. Be right with Him and I know you'll be right with all of us here. Next point. Still on the point of our love for God. 1 John 2, 3, 6. Should we do what the, they do in the planes? You know, when we... Have you been in a long flight lately? They'll say, all right, stretch out your arms. Do the stretches. <laughs> right? <laughs> there seemed to be a, a feeling of... of uh, I, I have my knockout power tonight, it seems like. So you look to your left and look to your right. If you're, you're seat, you're, you're pers the person sleeping, kind of give them a little nudge like, hey, it's not over yet. <laughs> give them a little nudge, right? It reads here, by this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. The one who says, I have come to know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him, in Christ. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. In this church we say to know Christ, to become like him. How do you become like him if you're not knowing him? If you're not studying everything about him, there is no motivation too. If you don't really know what God has and what Jesus has done for you, there is no urge or hunger to become like him. If there's no more hunger for you to know him or to become like him, especially to make him known, there's a love relationship, there's a connection problem. Try, your, try using your cell phone and not plugging it in. For 24 hours. Some of you can even think about that. No way. I cannot miss my Facebook update. <laughs> There's no way, right? It's going to die the next day. Or if your phone is older like mine, it'll probably die in three hours. Right? You need to be plugged in. You need to be connected with God. You need to be connected to the source of power. So, how do we know that we are connected if we are obeying 
His commandments. If our love relationship is right, we are walking this life. Remember in Galatians, the only way that the fruit of the Spirit can manifest in our lives is if we are walking by the Spirit. If we are walking by the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will produce it to the believer that is walking closely with them, with Him. Now to our third point. Our love for one another. In 1 John 78, Dear friends, I am not writing you a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. I know for, for my American brothers and sisters, it's pretty hard for you to imagine what darkness is in this country. Because this country is, is well lit. <laughs> right? It's well lit. There's lights everywhere. The places that needs to be uh, needs a light, they have it. The, there's no brownouts. That's what we call it in the Philippines, brownouts. There's no rolling blackouts. 12 hours in a day, when the last time I was there, there's always this thing that you lose power. And if you're unfortunate enough, it will happen to you at nighttime. Starting at 6 o'clock at night until 6 o'clock in the morning. So you will be in darkness. The only thing you will have is a candle. Or if you're rich, you'll have a generator. And all the neighbors will envy you. And then you'll get robbed the next week. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm making our country sound so bad, but it's really not that bad. I'm just joking. But here we see here that a person that has the Holy Spirit, that have the Holy Spirit, is guided by the Holy Spirit. All right? There's no darkness, meaning that we see what God wants us to do. That we see, we read His Word, and we should be able to understand what God has told us to do. Particularly in loving our fellow believers. Remember in Galatians, right? Love one another, especially to the household of faith. Do good to everyone. If it was up to you, do good to everyone. If you have the Holy Spirit and, and you are walking ever so closely with Him, you know. You know you have that light. But still you have that freedom, right? You have that free will, that pesky free will. That you can choose to make that mistake. To say, you know what, Lord, I know you have forgiven me, but I cannot forgive this person for what he or she has said or not said or not done for me, or to me, or to my family, an unforgivable offense. And what does the Bible say? 
If you are like that, then you don't have the light in you. How can you not forgive your fellow believer if you yourself have been forgiven tremendously by God? Right? Our love for one another means that we need to be forgiving to each other. We need to be forgiving to one another because I will irritate you. I'm pretty good. Ask Anna. I irritate her. That's why she goes away every three months. <laughs> you know, I've had enough of you. I'm going to take a two-week break and I'll come back again when I'm ready. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's every three months. No, no, it's... We will offend each other. Right? Our fellow believers will not always do the right thing or say the right thing. But we are to bear one another. It's in Colossians. Bear one another. Put up with one another. We are to do that. That is our love for one another. That is God's command to us. If you love me, obey my commands. And one of the commands is that we need to love our fellow believers. We need to love our fellow believers. And if you can't do that, you're a liar. You don't have God. That is the truth right there. That, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't type that. I copy-pasted it from Bible Gateway. <laughs> so that's the truth from God. I know this is not new for, for most of us here, but this is something that we take for granted. We take it for granted. We take God's love for granted, and we take obedience for granted because we always justify our actions that is against God's law, against God's command as, oh, I'm saved by grace, right? And we take, we take the command of loving one another for granted because we are holier than them, right? We only exercise grace if it applies to us. But if it applies to someone else, oh no. They can go to hell. I'll go to a different church. <laughs> or they can go to a different church. Right? That's what happens. We all know the universal law of cause and effect. I kind of say, said it earlier, but I know I butchered it. The universal law of cause and effect states that every effect, there is a definite cause. For every effect, there is a definite cause. Likewise, for every cause, there is a definite effect. So believer, you are a believer. You became a believer because God loved you. And you experienced God's love. And you continue to experience God's love. As you are experiencing that, you should be bringing that out too. You cannot give what you don't have. Amen? You can't give what you don't have. Our thoughts, behaviors, actions create specific effects that manifest and creates in, you know, in our lives. It shows. For those of you who were diligent with your schoolwork, right, in your studies, you are experiencing the effects of that. That you are now blessed with a career and a good paying job and stable income and all that stuff. The career that your parents wanted for you or the career that you wanted for yourself. You were obedient to your parents and there you go. You are experiencing blessings. And for the other guys like me that decided to party your tail off, <laughs> you are now close to becoming a pastor too. <laughs> you will live by faith. <laughs> no, right? It's, there's a cost and effect in everything that we do. And it's the same thing. If we are obeying God, if we are enjoying God's love, there's no way that we can be bitter. 
There's no, that's why I wonder why some of us are still bitter. We're so, we're so grumpy. We enter, we enter our meetings. We enter our church. You know, and I, and I get it. There's struggles. I get the struggles. That's why we're here. We're here to be a blessing to each other. But boy, we probably miss the part that God loves us. And that we belong to Him. And we've forgotten that. Because we didn't get our prayers answered. <laughs> I lost my deal. I didn't get my promotion. God does not love me. Right? Next point. Now, this is the best application of the three points that we're talking about. The best application for love of God to us and our love for Him and our love for others is in a relationship. It's now, please turn to Ephesians chapter 5, but I have it up in the screen too. First stop. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is how a Christian household should be. We all belong to a family. Amen? We all belong to a family. We all have, if we're not married, we probably belong, we have a, a father and a mother or a sibling. And if you don't have those, you belong to a church and you have your brothers and your sisters at church. And here, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, and then you go to the next one. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. So the, the women, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get in trouble. So please know that this is Paul who wrote this, right? It says here, wives, submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. Hey, nobody forced you to marry your husband, correct? I hope not, right? Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. So it's the same thing. Nobody's forcing you to not submit to your husband. But God is telling us, Paul, God through Paul is telling us that wives need to be submissive to their husbands as you are to the Lord. Now, if, you can, if you're going to tell me, well, because, you know, my husband doesn't know God. Well, that's your first problem, right? That's your first problem. You have an unbeliever husband. So the Bible says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, that if the unbeliever wants to stay married to the believer, the believer must stay married. In the hopes that the, the unbelieving spouse gets saved because of how you treat them. So if you are not a submissive wife, Christian wife, if you are not a submissive wife to your husband, then you are not obeying God's command. Now this becomes really hard if you don't love God. Amen? But if you love God, this becomes challenging. Let's just say that. Especially if you think you're, you know better than your husband. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I can hear your thoughts. I do. <laughs> I know better than him. <laughs> we are to, you are to submit to your husbands as, to your, as you do to the Lord, except when they tell you not to obey God. And everything else, even if you think they're wrong, you are compelled to submit to your husband. And then next, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. 
Next, <laughs> husbands, love your wives. Listen to your wives. Loving your wives is, is spending time with your wives, listening to them, not pretending you're listening to them. Not, I'm just not going to say anything so that we don't argue. Not that. Loving your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If you want to know, how do I love my wife? Look at what Christ has done for the church. And that's what you do. What kind of love did Christ give to the church? Of a, sub, a, a surrendered life. A love, an unselfish love. An unselfish love. He did not think of himself. He, he gave himself for the church. In this rock I will build my church, Christ said. Referring to him, right? So that is how we should be, husbands. We need to be loving to our wives. Not just quiet, but loving. Not just, no, I'm not going to argue. No, you love them. Be involved. And then here, to be involved in their holiness. To make her holy. Help them grow in their relationship with the Lord. Don't be the stumbling block for them. And if you look at how many verses you need to do as husbands, you have more responsibilities. The wives just need have one. Submit to your husbands. And the, the husband has a lot. Look, if it's just, you know, if you were to count the verses, you have more responsibilities. So what does that tell you, husbands? You need to be connected with the Lord. You need to know God. You can't depend your life or your love relationship uh, with the Lord, with your spouse. Oh, I can't go to church because my wife told me that we need to go somewhere else. Oh, how is that? that? You're supposed to be leading your wives. You're supposed to be the one that is, is making her grow. And wives, there's a danger there, you see? There's a danger there. That if you are to lead your husbands, you could possibly lead them to the wrong direction. Husbands, because we husbands are what? Before we became husbands, we were our mom's son. Right? See, if you're going to be like our mom, guess what we're going to do? We're going to depend everything on you. That's what I did with my mom. Dirty laundry, who cares? Put it in a magic basket. They'll come out clean. <laughs> mom, hungry. What do you want? Adobo. Boom, adobo comes out. I didn't know how hard adobo is, although it is the easiest one to cook. But if you are to take time to cook it, it is the hardest one to cook. Wives, if you are to treat your husbands as children, they will act like children. Husbands, you are your wife's husband. You are not the extra son or child. You're not the big kid, okay? You have a lot of responsibilities. And again, all of this is, we manifest the three points that we discussed. God's love for us, and then our love for God, God makes us obey Him, and then we need to love one another. It's all exercised here. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body. Just as Christ does the church. We are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife 
as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. There is a big challenge here. The reason why I, I put that up there is the big challenge here is the world is watching us, believers. And if our family crumbles, our testimony crumbles. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, right? It says in Hebrews. And we all belong to a family. And we are to love one another. We are to, wives are to submit to their husbands. Husbands are to love their children, are to obey their parents. And if we are not careful in trying to exercise this, we are becoming a stumbling block to a dying world. It says in, in, in Luke 14, 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father, his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. I bring that up after this because our love for God must take place first out of our love for our, our spouse and our children. That is what a disciple of Jesus is. All other relationships here on earth takes a secondary position with our relationship with God. And again, if you are connected well with the Lord, do you think you're going to make a mistake with your spouse? They probably won't understand you right away. But later on, once, once they see that you love God first before them, they will understand. Then they will follow. Remember Abraham when he was asked to surrender, to sacrifice the promised son Isaac? What did he do? Early the next morning, he loaded the donkey and they went. And Isaac just loved his dad and he just asked him, Where are we going? And obeyed his father. And as he was, he tied him up. But before he was able to sacrifice and obey God's command, God said, don't touch the boy. For I will provide a sacrifice. Folks, sometimes God puts us in, you know, he, there, there's a test in front of us where, should, am I going to love God more than my, my wife? Or should I love my family first before God? Sometimes you will be put in that position. But you have to understand that if you are a disciple of Christ, there will, you will have to choose God first. And He is good. He is good to provide in replacement of that sacrifice. And He is good to reward you. That's a lot of screen, huh? All right, here. We're going to close with this. First John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16. For God to love the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But do we know First John 3.16? By this we know love, that He, referring to Jesus, laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And sisters, our fellow believers. We are, no, nobody's asking for your kidneys, right? Unless they do, <laughs> you have to be a match. There's a lot, there's a long process I'm finding out. 
But here, God is just telling us that if we love Him, right? if we love Him, we obey His commands. And one of His commands is that we love one another. Because in John 13, 5, Jesus prayed this, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. When Jesus is speaking to His disciples, why is it that our love for each other is the strongest testimony to the world. You mean to say, Joe, it's not me sharing the Roman road? It's not me learning all this apologetic reasoning and verses, the arguments? It's not that, Joe? Possibly. That's a, that's a, that's a knock on the door. But more importantly, this. Jesus said, by this... What's the this? That we love one another. If we love one another, the world will know that we are His disciples. Christ's followers, little Christians, little Christ, Christians, believers of the resurrected Jesus Christ, we are told by Him that if we know that He loved us and that if we love Him, we are to obey His commandments. And one of that is to love one another. So if you are pursuing love in your life, if you are pursuing love in your life, pursue God first. And everything will follow because God is love. Amen? We, everything will follow. In our pursuit to love Him, the byproduct of that is our obedience to Him. And our obedience to Him pro propagates to other believers. And then it goes to the dying world. No, I get it. Not everybody here is open to sharing the gospel, which is a sad thing too. And, and the sad thing is if you have, if you have bought into, the, in, into the, 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 the thinking that it's okay that you don't share. But if you don't share... We know the verses, you don't share the gospel to someone, and you're still not also getting along with your fellow believers. You're not loving one another. You're just completely killing the testimony of the living Lord in your life. And for that dying person, we all have this responsibility. We all have this responsibility to, to make disciples. We all have this responsibility that if we love God, we are to obey his commandments. You know, Deborah brought up a, a good point last Wednesday in our prayer meeting where she says, you know, she was walking around town and she saw these Mormons, Mormon guys, you know. She already knew off the bat that they are Mormons. You probably already know what, what she meant, right? They have that short white short sleeve and the necktie and they were run, riding their bikes and they, they have their, their name tag here. And she brought up a very good point that up to now I'm using it as an example. She said, I wonder if people can see Christ in me. Because it's easy to spot those other cults, right? It's easy to spot them. Because they're wearing something to identify themselves with their faith or their belief. But for us, we're ordinary people, right? We're wearing what we want to wear. We're working where we want to work. We have the freedom we are free. The question is, can people identify, can they see Jesus in you?
And that, folks, if you want to answer that, if you are loving one another, if you are a loving person, then they will see Christ in you. Because that's what Jesus said. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. It is through our love with each other that God is pleased. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Thank you for your patience. Lord, we thank you for your message tonight. I pray, Father God, that our pursuit of love, Lord God, that the world has, has um, um, mesmerized us with, Lord God, the need to love someone and to chase uh, or the need for love and to love someone. I pray, Lord God, that we will replace that in pursuit of love for you. And Lord, I pray that we will never, if we have, Lord God, forgive us, taking for granted your love for us. I pray, Father God, that um, as we continue to enjoy your love for us, we will be loving to one another, to the dying world, Lord God. We know, Father God, that you said that by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. I pray, Lord God, that we will all get along, that we will all love one another, that we will bear one another, Lord God, put up with one another. Lord, I pray for blessings for your people. And I pray for your guidance, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you protect everyone that's here tonight as we all go home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we will